Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Buzzing About Romance, an episode, a quick shot of romance episode. Um, it is me, Becky, and with me this time is Leah. Hey, Leah. Hi, Becky. How's it going? It's going okay. You're like laughing. What did I do this time? Nothing. Okay. Nothing out of the ordinary. <laughs> On this episode, we are viewing The Accidental Tryst by Natasha Boyd. This is book one in her Charleston series. Um, okay, Leah, give us the synopsis from Goodreads. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Meet Tristan Montgomery, suit monkey, commitment phobic serial dater. No more than three dates unless he has an, you know, Emmy. What a disaster. I only just made my flight to New York to help my uncle and the phone I'm holding is not mine. It seems to belong to it seems to belong to some commitment phobic serial dater whose name never made it past four dates, according to the constant notifications he's getting from his fake dating profile. And worse, I have a sinking feeling it's that hot suit monkey with the Arctic gray eyes I just had a run in with at the airport. Somehow I have to persuade him not to get a new phone until I get back. My whole life is on that phone. It's only a few days. Surely we can handle it. Tristan, this is a joke, right? My life could not get more fucked up. I'm in the middle of selling my company and on my way to a funeral and that hot mess hippie chick stole my freaking phone. I'm not sure how she convinced me not to immediately walk into a smartphone phone store and get a new one, but now she's going to have to play stand in and distract me while I deal with my long avoided and estranged family. I don't have my dating apps after all. And frankly, she's pretty funny and sexy. And why can't I stop texting her? And now we're talking and look, I'll admit that I usually run for the hills the morning after, but the morning after phone sex, that's not really real, right? <laughs> um, the release date on this is March 6th of 2018. I didn't realize um, it was that old. It is. So that'll be an interesting piece to talk about it. Um, it's meet cute, afraid to commit, billionaire, long distance relationship, opposites attract, scars from the past, mixed up meet cute, and a slow burn because it is the summer of slow of burns. Slow burns. But it's more a slow burn in the sense they didn't even like meet on page, like face to face until like 60% into the book, yeah. wasn't it? Almost 70. Like you're talking yeah. just the last 30% of the book. Are they even in the like world? In the periphery of like yeah, con connecting. Like, yeah. Um, and then Steam Levels of 2.5. It is not a super sexy book. However, it is not Fade to Black or closed door. Um, okay. So let's start. First of all, this book was released in March 16th of 2018. So it's three, almost four years old. Mm -hmm. Technology wise, it holds up. It does. Um, and I feel like they didn't focus so much on, yes, like they talked about the apps on a phone, but most everything was just through text and calling so like there wasn't a lot of like whatsapp like no like they weren't speaking directly to like different apps that you can use for different things like they, it was all in generalizations aside from like i think she commented about facetime 
Right. So like, yeah. you know, they're iPhones, but that's But about they it. talked about how, you know, he had a passcode on his phone. She did not have a passcode. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got a kid on the airplane to hack and get pass. And I would like to know what exactly she did to get this. We don't really ever know, do we? It's alluded to, but you don't know for sure. Right. But he, that kid shows up a couple times later in the book though. He does. He does. He's so, I think that is so funny. So overall, I would say just because it's a 2018 release, it totally holds up and Mm -hmm. is still relevant. Um, So let's talk about their mixed up meet cute. Yes. So they're in the airport. Um, Emmy is flying to New York and Tristan is flying to into Charleston, Charleston. So he is like on a meeting, like swearing and like doing his like, well, they're at the bank of like computers. They're like in an executive lounge. She's trying to charge her phone. He's charging his phone. He's trying to charge his phone. He's on his laptop trying to do some stuff, and she's just falling apart. Um, And so he gets up and leaves first. But leaves his phone charging. Leaves his phone charging. Which, I mean, honestly, what kind of dumbass does that? Right. So Emmy, her (laughs) contents of her purse falls out. She starts just grabbing stuff in a hurry because her flight has been called. And she is um, dumping things into her purse. And grabs a phone that looks like hers. Yep. And heads to her plane to New York. Yes. It's not until the plane touches down in New York that she realizes she does not have her phone. She has someone else's phone. And she figures out that it's probably the stuck-up suit monkey who um, has her phone. And that's what she calls him for like 90% of the book, Suit Monkey. Like, well, and like she puts him in the phone because she puts her number in his phone so that like she like knows it's him popping up. And so it comes up like every time he sends her text is Suit Monkey. Yeah, so funny. And they have the text conversations in the book. It's not just like that's another thing with this book is I'd say probably 60 to 70% of the book is their text conversations. And I really, and I like the way that it was done though. Cause sometimes I feel like text conversation, it doesn't always format well and it's distracting the way it's on the page, but this one was not. No, this was done really well. And I actually listened. So this was a reread for me and I listened to the audiobook on this one. Um, and it's just, I think the text messages, the way that it is done is really well done. Sometimes, like you said, they can be formatted weird on the page mm-hmm. where the dialogue doesn't always fit around well yeah. um, to the story. But because the majority of the story happens in text message, it's very well done. It's just mm-hmm. very well done. Um, so let's just talk about Tristan serial dater he has what like eight apps on his phone that she says well he has like eight apps but his profile name is jake i think right like Like, not even close (laughs) but in that's the thing like he has like a max like three date like total like i don't think he sleeps with as many as like it comes off with like as I mean, I'm sure he does sleep with a decent amount, but like at the same time, like he has this three date rule 
sometimes yeah. four, but it never really moves past any, like he gets, he's, it's very surface. Everything yeah. is surface. Well, and he's, he is commitment shy, but he comes from a bit of a, so like, I think his baggage really defines who he is. And sometimes a backstory just kind of bogs down a character. And I think in this instance, Tristan's backstory really helps us get to know him as a character. So his mom got pregnant at a young age mm-hmm. from a man who was in the area of Charleston, um, but was from England. When they find out she's pregnant, she goes back to England with him. They get married or do they get no. married? No, they, they don't get, get married. married. He didn't really want much to do with them. Like he gave them her money, but he right. wasn't really involved. So they moved, but they moved to, they moved to England and lived there. And that's where Tristan was raised until he was about 11 and his father mm-hmm. figure died. And then they came back to Charleston for a while. Yes. And when they came back, his mother started sleeping with one of his grandfather's um, associates, like Mm -hmm. having an affair. And when grandma and grandpa found out about it, they kicked her and Tristan out. Yes. And she and Tristan went back to England where he continued... um, to grow up and be raised by his mother, but there was never, he's very bitter towards this family in Charleston. Like there was never in his opinion, any time that they reached out to him, his mother died of uh, cancer. And as she was Mm -hmm. dying, he contacted the family and nobody contacted him back. He went after he graduates college, he goes to New York and decides to dabble in real estate Mm-hmm. He has a little bit of a run in with the wealthy grandfather, but not really like they're not face to face ever. Well, and yeah, never directly. It was always like on the periphery, like his grandfather would like try and buy something that he was trying to buy. So like the grandfather stayed in Charleston, like he didn't leave Charleston, yeah. but he was trying to almost, he was trying to make contact in an obscure way, which makes no sense, but it made sense to like the grandfather that that's how he would do it. Yeah. So Tristan is in Charleston for just a few days because the grandfather has died. He's been summoned. He knows that there is going to be a will read right after the funeral. And the text messages between him and Emmy in the church, in the funeral. Oh, my God. So funny. So very funny. (laughs) One thing that like he's so serious and she is not. Like she's, no. she has very serious moments and like, she takes her job very seriously and there are aspects of her life, but like, she, she doesn't really have a filter. She just kind of, even in text, she blurps things out and I feel like it, her personality really shined, like even in her text messages. Yeah. So let's talk about Emmy a little bit. She's the complete opposite of Tristan in a way mm-hmm. because she's all alone in the world other than she has a very small, close network of friends. Yeah. And then her uncle David, who has dementia, and that's why she's headed to New York, is because um, the care facility on Long Island is telling her that he's got to find a more secured um, place for him to reside that deals with... um, 
Well, and it talks about too, like how she goes up every, like once a month or every couple of months to visit him because he is her only family left. Like, and he technically, like he was her foster uncle, like adopted uncle, because her foster parents adopted her and it was her adopted mother's brother. Yeah. There's a tongue twister there, but so he's the only family she has left. So like she wants to make sure that she helps take care of him and he is, he is, she loves and, him unconditionally. Mm-hmm. She's doing everything. She's actually paying outside of Medicare. She is supplementing his income because there was some kind of scandal and he lost a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, like stock market fallout, Ponzi scheme. It's not exactly directly ever said mm-hmm. what the fallout was from, but he didn't have um, he didn't have money either. Mm-hmm. So. And one of the things about Emmy, and I think that this really comes into play in the resolution of the story, she is so used to people leaving her Mm -hmm. that even though she's attracted to Tristan, she puts up some big walls and obstacles against him. Yeah, well, and I don't even think she puts them up. I think they were always there. She just kind of reinforces them because he, like, the more they talk the more cracks there get in those walls. And she, she's so deathly afraid that somebody is going to break through and she's going to get really attached and then they're going to leave. Like she has already experienced that more than she ever wanted to. And she doesn't want it to happen ever again. So she like, that's her, like, it comes across like that is her biggest fear that somebody is going to get through those walls and then they are going to leave. Yeah. So we did say the steam level in this book is kind of um, on the lower end. It is, it's not fade to black. It is not um, closed door. It is, but there's only like two, three steamy sex scenes. Mm -hmm. Probably. But the phone sex thing, the phone sex scene was very well done. It was, it was very well done. And I think the way that it transpires, like you can, you feel the chemistry coming off the page, like as you're reading it and like, you're going through all these text messages, but then like you get to that scene, you're like, like, you know, it's going to be good. Yeah. Um, I just, it was really well done. Sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it comes off as awkward. It does. Yeah. But it flowed really well. And I think again, this stems into the, the talent that Natasha Boyd has in giving us these text conversations because it flows so well through the entire story. There's no disconnect or disjointment like from going from text to the real life. Like it just flows well. I would be um, remiss if I didn't mention um, Emmy's cat. There is a hilarious scene (laughs) where the cat is staring in the corner and uh, Tristan has rented Emmy's um, apartment and she said, don't mind the ghost or the cat. And he is he now, freaks out. the cat is staring at the corner and will not move or so he's convinced there is a ghost in the corner. So he sleeps on the couch because he can't sleep. Oh, but better. then there's that one scene where he like gets attacked by the cat. So funny. <laughs> so funny. Um, there's just a lot of little moments and there is a great cast of supporting characters that's something i think that this story does exceptionally well is even though the main part of the book is tristan and emmy and their text conversations 
we get these little glimpses of the nurse's aide that's taking care of her uncle David. We get mm -hmm. the kid on the airplane that helps her hack the YouTuber streamer yes. that helps her hack the phone, her best friend that um, owns the restaurant. That's the Colombian guy, mm -hmm. her pregnant best friend and, even Tristan's grandma, uncle, and cousin make small little sprinklings yeah. in there. So even though the majority of the, com the majority of the book is the two of them, you do get um, little but, insights. Well, and but there weren't any characters in this book that were that were really throwaways. Like yes, you have those like random interactions with people in the street and things like that. But there are some books where there's a, a random character that it just doesn't make sense why they're there or why they're in the book so much. But this yeah. entire cast of characters had purpose and meaning. And there was like th thought behind every interaction and every conversation and every time a supporting character was on the page, it makes sense to the story and it supports the story. Yeah, it was really well done. Okay, so let's get to our three questions because I do not want to spoil this and no, the, and if the we dancing really talk about, and yeah, because there's a lot of little things, but if you talk about them, then you kind of give a lot away just the way do. the book plays out. So, okay, Leah, did you like this book? I did like this book. You recommended this book to me, and I was a little like um, apprehensive just because. Like it's a slow burn and you claim not to like those. I know. I know, but it's the summer slow burn. I'm staying on it character. Is. But it was really funny. And I really did like how most of this book, their interactions were on like the phone and it just, it played out really well. What about you? Um, I did think that this was a funny, unique read. I love this. This is one of those sleeper reads. I read it and like, book two was not out when I read this book. And so then I'm like, this is her debut novel. Like this is her first book. Oh, and I was? was like, yes. And I'm like, it does I not read like a first book. She has this book and then she has a historical fiction. And then book two has come out since then, which is the cousin's story. I just couldn't get enough of it. I thought it was funny and quirky. Um, I also think it was a such a unique modern twist to do a sleepless, a sleepless and Seattle styled meet cute and mm -hmm. instant connection. Yeah. It was just a unique way to do that with like, without retelling, you know, through a radio cause radio is a little outdated now mm -hmm. Versus this was like a modern twist on sleepless in Seattle. So I just loved that. Um, so who would typically like this book? Um, fans of slow burns, but chemistry, very, like a lot of chemistry leading up to the slow burn and, uh, fans of rom-com. Cause it, I mean, it is a general basic rom-com, but not, it's not like kitschy or anything like that. Like, no, it's, it's not a well over the done, top. Yeah. Well done rom-com. It is an instant connection that makes sense because mm -hmm. even though they, they have that instant connection, the fact that they're in different cities and time zones plays out at a slower pace. Mm -hmm. Well, and they're like, most of their relationship is not created face to face. So like, yes, they know what each other looks like, but they basically got like a glimpse and that was it. So nine, like their relationship is established building on their personalities and like their phone interactions, which you don't yeah. get that a lot. You don't. Um, so would you recommend this book? 
I would definitely recommend this book. And I really am excited to read book two because I think Bo's book is going to be good. Yeah. Um, I would totally recommend this. I did. I recommended this to Leah. Um, and it does actually hit quite a few summer reading challenge. Um, bingo squares. Bingo squares. So it does. And that is uh, this episode drops on the 24th, which means you have like a week left to get all this summer reading it go yes yes i am it's been so much fun (laughs) it's been so much work it has been a lot of fun and everyone has really enjoyed it but i'm ready for the next thing Mm -hmm. anyway um thank you everyone for joining us for this quick shot of romance um until next time happy reading everybody Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 